Today's episode of From the Rose Garden is brought to you by Game Time. Okay, folks, time for a little pop quiz. Do you think Blazers tickets are cheaper three weeks or three hours before the game? You can find the answer with Game Time, the ticket buying app that proves patience is more than just a virtue. It can save you some real serious cash. Game Time is the leader in last minute tickets. Pick your deal, see the view from where you're sitting, and buy in just two taps. More than 12 million fans have downloaded the Game Time app and discovered the fastest, easiest way to get into the game. So download Game Time in the App Store or Google Play, work that clock to your advantage, and score some last minute ticket deals. Welcome to the inaugural episode of From the Rose Garden. I'm your host, Dave DeFore, joined by my co-host, Jason Quick. Uh, we are going to use this podcast to explore stories that surround the Portland Trailblazers, to talk about their games, to talk about what's happening with the team. Uh, we're probably going to talk about some Portland food. What do you think, Jason? I think we could do that, David. But first <laughs> off, I got to tell you. Uh, in my 20 years of covering this team, I don't think I've ever been as excited as I am for this season. Uh, and it's not just because I think they're going to be good. It's, uh, you know, the collection of personalities and there's so many new faces. I think in Portland, we kind of became stale with that old group. I mean, even though they were so likable and so successful, uh, it was always kind of the same things. And, and now with six new faces and really kind of compelling players, I, I think this is really going to be a fascinating season. If Even if they uh, aren't successful, I think there's going to be something behind that uh, that will be fascinating to watch uh, unravel. Yeah, the, the Blazers lost seven guys that were getting like rotation minutes, uh, even in the playoffs. I mean, th- this is not this is not a a small turnover that that they've faced this year of particular note that people keep bringing up to me is how do they, how do they make up for losing Alpha Rukamino and to a different degree, Mo Harkless um, wing depth been a huge issue for this team. Do you feel like Bay is Baysmore going to cover it by himself or, or, or are they going to count on Hazonia to cover some of those minutes as well? Yeah, that and, and Zach Collins, you know, Zach Collins will be the starting power forward, but but you're right. The the big thing about the Blazers the last three or four years has been their versatility on the wings, particularly defensively with Al Farouk Aminu and Maurice Harkless. And early on in the preseason, that has been a big question mark for the Blazers. Their defense has not looked good. Now, last night uh, they played Utah, went into Utah and played very, very well. And so I think that kind of appeased a lot of people's unease about this unit. But there's a lot of unknowns, you know, is Zach Collins ready in his third year to be a starter and to do it on both ends at a consistent level? Can Mario Hazonia be a, a night in night out contributor? But I think the, the majority of that responsibility on the wing is going to fall to Rodney hood and to Kent Bazemore. And, you know, I, there's a lot of confidence within the coaching staff uh, of both of those guys. And Bazemore has looked uh, on the defensive end, particularly, has looked very, very good so far in the preseason. 
Yeah, you've got a piece that's up today on The Athletic about uh, Kent Bazemore, and and essentially he's back in his element. He wanted to be in Portland. And it, it, was it just the apple picking? <laughs> no, you know, it, it's interesting. Atlanta went through this big youth movement the last two years. And, you know, Kent was a rotation. It was a starter for a while and a rotational player on the team that won 60 games and went to the Eastern Conference Finals in 2015. And then all of a sudden they go to this uh, youth movement. He's kind of pushed to the side and it was hard for him to take. You know, he saw these young guys come up and just automatically get playing time. And it frustrated him. At the same time, his body was aching and he admitted, he said, hey, look, I threw in the towel last year. I, I wasn't wasn't with the program. And it kind of sent him spiraling into a depression. And he noted how Kevin Love and DeMar DeRozan talked about their depression and it helped him kind of face it and address it. And he realized that he needed to change something in his life or else uh, some bad things were going to happen. So you'll have to read the story. I mean, there's little things that happen and particularly this summer, uh, his wife had their first child and then his wife's mother passed away. And what that taught him was not everything's about what's going on in his life. He, he has to be there for his son. He has to be there for his wife. And it kind of recentered him. And uh, somewhere along that time or shortly after that, he got traded to the Blazers. And he always wanted to come to Portland because he had heard great things about Terry Stotts' system. He always looked at the Blazers players and he's like, man. Those guys get along. Those guys like each other. And then also they win. And he said he watched a lot of the playoffs last year, and he could just see how he could fit in there with his shooting, his defense, and he just felt like he could be a great complement to what was going on here. And lo and behold, at the end of June, he got traded for Evan Turner. And since he's been here, he's been absolutely loving it. He says, I'm smiling again. Uh, I'm my happy-go-lucky self. I'm talking trash in practice. And he's just uh, mesmerized by the culture here. And he really feels like that is going to translate to the court and he's going to have a really good season. So I think this is a guy that Portland is going to fall in love with. You know, I've been doing this a long time. I know the types of players that kind of gravitate into the Blazers fan base's heart. And Kent Bazemore is exactly that type of player because he's very personable. He's smart. He's willing to open himself to fans. And in Portland, people like that. They want to know that you like being here and that you enjoy everything that uh, we enjoy, the food, the scenery, nature, the connection. And, and Kent so far in just a, a short month has kind of checked off all those boxes. So uh, the only thing left for him to do is to do it on the court now. And, and so far in the preseason, uh, he's shown that he, he's going to be present for this team. Yeah, uh, he's one of he's one of the types of pieces that it feels like this Portland team has missed in, in this run that they're on the, with Dame and CJ is a two-way wing that can attack a closeout. You know, I mean, he can actually handle the ball a little bit he can shoot last year, a little bit of a down year for him shooting the three, 32%, um, but was up near 40% the year before. I, I expect him to be closer to that 40% mark playing off Damon CJ. And, and 
you know, Evan Turner, while he was really good for this team, running second units and things like that, I don't feel like he elevated the team to the degree that Bazemore has the opportunity to with his shooting. Yeah, Bazemore is a much better fit than Evan uh, was here, and and that's not to take anything away from Evan. It, it was just odd because Terry Stott's system is so uh, predicated on spacing and uh, being able to have that threat from the three-point line. And and for all the all those who know Evan, that's not his strong suit. You know, he needs to be having the ball in his hands, creating, uh, posting up a little bit. And uh, teams were able to sag off. And if you notice, you know, the Blazers postseason run last year was a great tell on them. And I think that's why you're not seeing Al Farouk Amino back, Evan Turner back. It really got exposed that they didn't have enough shooters on the perimeter. So teams, uh, Denver and Golden State in particular, were able to not only double team Dame, but they were able to use the guy who uh, whoever was guarding Al Farouk Aminu, you know, Draymond Green in particular in the in the Western Conference Finals, he was able to lay off Aminu and kind of play center field on Dame and kind of read where he was going to pass. And the Blazers front office noticed that and they said, we need to address this. Uh, and for how valuable Al Farouk Aminu was to this team throughout all the years, he was kind of a he was a detriment come playoff time because teams could scheme and game plan and really kind of expose his lack of outside shooting. So I think with Rodney Hood and Kent Bazemore, they, the Blazers feel much more secure about their outside shooting. And, and they are hoping that come playoff time, that'll give Dame and CJ a little bit more room to breathe and to operate. Now, the, his counterpart, the, the guy that he's going to be competing with for minutes, Rodney Hood, came over last year, midseason trade, was huge for them in their playoff run. Uh, how are they expecting him, you know, with a, with a camp and, and, you know, building on last year's experience with this team? How much are they expecting him to contribute, uh, given his the rocky nature of his career? I mean, he never quite lived yeah. up to the expectations that we've all, me and, I mean, I might have had the highest expectations of anyone because I thought he was going to wind up being a top 25 type of player. So how do, how do they envision him contributing this year? Well, you know, f- first off, it, it was really interesting to me why I was reporting this uh, Kent Bazemore story and I was listening to him kind of pour his heart out about the dark place he was and, and how enlightening it was to come to Portland. It reminded me so much of last March, last April, when Rodney Hood was telling me much of the same things that he was in Cleveland, he was, uh, he lost his love of the game. And then he came to Portland, experienced kind of the camaraderie here and Terry Stotts's system, which is really freeing, you know, if you're open, it's a good shot. Terry Stotts tells his players all the time. And, and Rodney Hood, it really helped him blossom and open up and, and he found his love of the game again. It's, it's much like what Kent's doing, but to answer your question, they think that Rodney now having that experience of, of playing with uh, Dame and CJ and knowing the system that he's only going to be, be better. And uh, they're expecting him to bring it on both ends of the court. But I, I think Bays is going to actually see more time at shooting guard than, than small forward. I think he'll play both. And that's going to be an interesting dynamic to watch as well, because 
Anthony Simons is probably the most hype young guy I can remember coming into Portland, probably since Greg Oden. And the way that the organization is talking about Anthony Simons is really fascinating to me because I don't know how much he's going to be able to play because you got Dame, CJ, and Bazemore. I just don't think there's a lot of minutes in there. So the great thing and, and the fascinating thing, I think, to to watch this year is going to be how Terry Stotts mixes and matches all these guys because one of the trademarks of this roster is it's very versatile. I mean, Rodney could probably play two, three, four, Bazemore two and three, Hazonia four, three, Collins four, five. There's a lot of versati- versatility on this roster and it's going to be interesting to see how Terry Stotts finds the balance and, and finds what fits. Um, yeah. But I expect Rodney Hood to be ha- have a better year, e- an even better year than he d- had last year for the Blazers. Yeah, my my biggest concern for this team is the defense. Yeah. Uh, miss, missing Nurkic is going to be huge, uh, and even if he comes back, you know, pretty much expect this season to be a wash for him. If if we're judging the way that he's going to return, or at least guessing at how he's going to return based on recent kind of big injuries it, it seems like that first season back or half season back is normally you know guys getting their legs under them trying to figure out speed of the game again but they picked up Hassan Whiteside and he's sort of an enigma as a player because he has all these tools I mean we all saw him go on the amazing run that got him his big contract and he's been lackluster since I mean that's kind of just the only way to say it honestly he hasn't really lived up to to that contract now, he's really tight with Damian Lillard. Uh, there's a lot of hope in Portland that, that we're going to see him put these tools to use, maybe make contact on some screens. Uh, what have you seen out of him so far in the, in the preseason and in camp, and, and what have you heard from around the team? Yeah, he's actually close to Dame and CJ. He is uh, a very polarizing player, I would say. Uh, you know, I talk to, to scouts around the league, and they think he's going to fit in. Some think... No, he's he's going to be a problem. The hope internally within the Blazers is that being around Dame and CJ and around the Blazers culture will be revitalizing for Hassan. And I, I don't think it's uh, by coincidence that the Blazers put Hassan Whiteside's locker right next to Dame Lillard's. And Dame, one of the great things about him is he has a amazing sense of when guys need to be nurtured when they need to have the whip crap cracked cracked on them the guy who was in his locker before in, in Hassan's locker was Maurice Harkless and Maurice was one of the moodiest guys on the team and, and Dame had a great way of sensing that and pulling him out of those kind of lulls so I think Dame is is and he's already kind of acknowledged this that he's that's going to be one of his projects this year is making sh- sure that Hassan is engaged and that he's on the same page as a coach. But, you know, so far during the preseason, it, it's been a little difficult because Hassan hurt his left ankle very early in camp and he didn't practice for a while. Then he came back and played in the first preseason game and he did not look good. Uh, he, he didn't look like he had any spring, didn't look like he was really engaged. I thought fundamentally boxing out, he wasn't uh, wasn't there. And then in his third game against Phoenix, uh, 
I thought he looked good. He had a showed a little bit of chemistry on the pick and roll with with uh, Dame. Uh, had a really nice block that led to a, a fast break. Scored on a little hook shot inside. So I thought he showed something. And then last night he retweaked the ankle, which was he says it doesn't feel major, but it was enough to take him out of the game that he didn't didn't return. So that'll be kind of a big question mark. And now it's seven days until their opener with Denver is how well that ankle responds and whether or not he's uh, feeling good. But so I don't, to answer your question, Dave, I don't know where I stand with him yet. I've, I've seen him look lethargic. I've seen him show flashes, but all this it's preseason. And so you, it's hard to put a ton of stock into it. I think, and I'm, I'm writing a story now that, Hopefully, he'll be out tomorrow. I think he is at the center of the question of how good the Blazers are going to be this year. It depends Agreed. what they get out of Hassan Whiteside. Is he a force or is he a folly? And, and that's a scary question. Yeah. Given given that there, you know, he was out of the rotation at times in Miami due to disinterest, it seemed. Yeah, and I, I think the Blazers acknowledge that but i think the blazers have greater hope for where yusuf nurkic will be when he returns than you do you know obviously there will probably be some rust but i think they feel like if he returns in february which has been kind of spitballed out there that by april he'll have some of that uh some of that rust taken care of and that he'll be uh right back not right back where he was but still a, a very effective uh, player, you know, his chemistry with with Lillard in the pick and roll uh, is, is something that I, I just don't think you lose. So, so I guess my point is that they feel like they have a really nice insurance policy, and in that Yusuf will be coming back in February. And I, I think they're going to be very, very careful when they bring him back. They're going to know that he is not only just ready, but more than ready to come back. They're going to be very careful with him. Uh, John Schumann from NBA.com put out his annual GM survey. Yeah. And uh, one of the questions was, which player in the league is the best leader? And <sighs> Damian Lillard was overwhelmingly first. It was like 47% of the votes. This is going to be the ultimate test of his leadership, Whiteside. If yep. he can get Whiteside to, to compete the way that he did when he, you know, when he earned that contract, this is this will be Dame's masterpiece. I feel it. Yeah. Well, another good thing is <clears throat> this is Whiteside's contract year again, and there's a bunch of guys. I mean, Hassan, Bazemore, Hood, Hazonia, Anthony Tolliver, all those guys are on contract years. So that's a motivating factor. But I wrote a story right after the Blazers traded for for Whiteside and talked to Lillard about it, and Lillard was immediately proactive. He texted and called Hassan and Hassan kind of chuckled about it. He said, man, he was texting me a book about, look, this is the way we do things. If you get mad at coach, you come to me and, and then I'll go to coach, but you have to respect him and you have to uh, listen to him. And so Damon heard everything that we all have heard. And he immediately went to him and said, look, I'm going to be here for you. I want to get the best out of you. But you have to follow these certain rules. Respect coach, listen to coach, and go through me. Whiteside said, I've been waiting my entire career 
for someone to do that. He had that a little bit, he said, with with Dwayne Wade, but then Wade left and then, uh, you know, he didn't have that kind of consistent leadership in his ear. And I, I think he's really welcoming the the chance to be led by Dame. And remember, when Yusuf Nurkic came to the Blazers from Denver, it was much the same stuff we're hearing about Hassan. Disengaged, can pout, problems with the coach. And he came here and Lillard put his arm around him and, you know, kind of gave him that nurturing love and made him feel wanted. And we've seen phenomenal basketball out of Yusuf, Yusuf Nurkic since he's been in Portland. So there really is a lot of power behind Dame's leadership. And it's not just calling out plays or calling out people. He is has a beautiful, beautiful soul in that he knows how to reach people. And uh, he's very perceptive. I don't know if I've ever covered a player who is is as perceptive of his teammates and what they're kind of going than Damian Lillard. So uh, you're right. This is this is going to be his greatest task as a leader. And I, I can't wait to see what happens. Well, uh, let's talk about Dame and CJ a little bit. I, I, you know, we've we've talked about all the stuff that is around them. But the truth of the matter is, if this team is going to compete, if they're going to you know, go back to the to the conference finals. If they're going to do these things, it is very much about Damon CJ. They combined 47 points a game roughly last year. What do they need to do to get this team over the hump? I mean, if they're going to make a finals run, does Dame have to score 30 a game? Does CJ have to score 25 a game? Like, how do they make this work uh, between the two of them, I, every summer I feel like I hear people calling for this team to get broken up. You can't win with Dame and CJ. I, I disagree. I think that when you've got two high-end offensive talents like that, in particular Damian Lillard, who is you know one of the best ten or twelve players in the league, you've got a puncher's chance. In particular, a, a season like the one we're about to have. Yeah, I, I think they put put to bed that debate about whether or not they should be broken up. I think they put that to bed last year with their, with their run to the conference finals. To answer your question, I don't think they need to really do anything more. Uh, I, I think the, the question of whether the Blazers reach the conference finals again or beyond is more about the surrounding players. You know, can the Whitesides, Hoods, Bazemore, uh, Hizonia, can they provide... Uh, enough to to push them over the hump, but CJ needs to be better at defense. And Lillard last year really took a huge step in his defense, and he worked on it in the summer. He really made strides, and I think that elevated the team. For Lillard, I, I think one thing that we might see, and I think they're trying to coax out of him. And it's not necessarily out of him, but is getting him to play off the ball more. You know, we talk about load management now in the league, and and Dame is a guy who doesn't want to take off games. But one thing that they can do to kind of help him is get him off the ball more, where he doesn't have to exert so much energy initiating pick and rolls and handling what the double teams. Uh, so. They think with Anthony Simons and Hazonia, who's going to play a lot of point forward, that Dame can play more minutes without having to handle the ball. And that's going to be two things. That's going to conserve his energy, and it's also going to get him more spot-up sh- 
uh, shots. And he says, you know, any player, if you're catching and shooting, your percentage is going to go up. And if there's been one kind of area where you you look at Dame over the years, his shooting percentage is not you know, like Steph Curry or some of the other elite guards. Uh, He's a volume shooter and he scores. But if they can get that shooting percentage up from Dame, and uh, I I think getting him off the ball and and doing more catch and shoot would be a way to do that. So those are two elements that where that backcourt, I think, can improve. CJ with his defense, Dame uh, improving his shooting percentage by getting uh, more catch and shoots and not having to exert so much energy playing on the ball yeah dame was in the mvp conversation uh to a certain degree at least in in the on the outside right he was on the bubble i I think this year i mean they were third in in the west last season if he happens to get that this year there's no way he's not top three in mvp voting yeah with this year's west being that way i can see i it's so hard to predict that kind of stuff. But I've said this for years now that he might not be the most valuable player in the league, but he's the most valuable player to a franchise. What he does for this franchise on a day in day out basis is it's incredible. It's frankly, it's, it's moving. It it takes being around him every day and seeing what he does at the practice facility, how early he's there, how late he stays, the way he engages with his teammates and just the sheer will that he imposes on this team uh, on the court late in games, the way he has led this team down the stretch of seasons. He is really, really an amazing force. And so I, I don't know that there's another player like that in a franchise. And, and then on top of that, he is uh an incredible he has a way of of bonding this franchise together i mean he can tell you the names of every janitor at the practice facility you know the secretaries he goes to secretaries retirements colin romer who's the uh, was the assistant pr director for the blazers he just left to uh go to the portland timbers of the mls his last day was saturday after the game and damian lillard came into the media room to his farewell party. How many other stars would do that to an assistant PR director? You know, it's that type of stuff. And, and what that does, I, I've talked to these employees, the janitors, the, the secretaries, the ticket people, it makes them all feel like they're part of it, that it, it's really a uniting thing. And that's just one layer of like his leadership and then you take that to what he does for the team and give an advice to Gary Trent or Anthony Simons. It, it's really empowering. So I guess I, I'm circling back to my original point. I, I don't know that there's, I, I would highly doubt if there's a player that is more valuable to their franchise than Damian Lillard is to the Portland Trailblazers. Yeah, I agree. It's, it's a big season uh, for this team and in particular for Damian Lillard coming up. Uh, that is it. For today's show, uh, we're going to be doing two of these a week. One of them you can listen to on iTunes, or if you're already a subscriber for The Athletic, you can listen there, as well as to our second episode on The Athletic. If you haven't subscribed, go to theathletic.com slash from the Rose Garden, get 40% off a year subscription. Less than a cup of coffee a month, pretty good deal if you ask me. 
If you are listening on iTunes, go and give us a five-star rating uh, and, and review it if you like it. If you don't like it, don't bother. Do us a favor and don't. Jason. Hey, David, <laughs> yes. let me tell you something. I think we should tease something. I think we're going to have, I was, a, I was have just a very nice guest. That's right. Episode. We got a super duper top secret surprise guest for the next episode that you will only be able to listen to on The Athletic if you have a subscription. So please go and subscribe. Again, theathletic.com slash from the Rose Garden. Uh, Jason, got any closing thoughts uh, before the season starts? No, again, I, I, I think this is the most jazzed I have felt the city of Portland feel about a season. And I, I think it's justified. I think it's going to be really, really fascinating. And uh, I don't know. I, I just can't wait to see uh, what is going to unfold. I, I think this is a really likable group. I know there's a lot of guys who left who people are really attached to, but you're going to like this group. You know, Kent Bazemore, Mario is is quite a character. We haven't even talked about Pal Gasol. You know, there's still question whether he's going to be healthy enough for opening night, but already the leadership that he's bringing to this team, you know, Damian Lillard talks about uh, a conversation those two had sitting around the, the hot tub and, and how Pal was relaying to him the, the value of, or the experiences of, of Kobe Bryant and how he led those Laker teams and just passing along that type of knowledge to a Lillard, I, I think it's just going to be uh, really invaluable, but I, I can't wait, Dave. And I think you and I are going to have a lot of fun this year and I, I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, I'm excited. You're excited. Now we just need Hassan Whiteside to be excited. <laughs> we're going to be in for a good year. Uh, so that's it for today's show. We'll be back next week uh, with more episodes and regular season basketball to talk about. So thanks for listening and see you soon. <laughs>